Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Shalom, everyone. Everyone's doing well. Be'ezat Hashem. We're continuing in Mesechet Sanhedrin today with Yud Amud Bet 10b. We're going to start the fourth line on the page, Ibur HaChodesh Bishlosha. We're going to have two sections in today's learning. The first section will be four explanations what the Mishnah means when it says Ibur HaChodesh Bishlosha. The intercalating of the month requires three. And the second section will analyze the position of Rav Shem Gamliel in the Mishnah regarding Ibur Shana, intercalating the year, and the symbolism of three, five, and seven judges in that process. Zat Hashem, our learning should be as a source of refuah shleima, as a quick, speedy recovery for uh, Yaakov ben Dina, our good friend Jacob Shakib, and we should hear Sarotovot, good news soon. Now, before we begin, there's a couple of important points here to appreciate the Gemara we're going to do today. This is a fascinating discussion, really. We've been through a series of very interesting discussions because of all the different cases we've discussed in our Mishnah. And today is also a fascinating discussion that's found in other Mesechtot, in Erachin, in Mesechet Rosh Hashanah. Now this first section is going to discuss the concept of Ibur HaChodesh. What is Ibur HaChodesh? So, today we have a calendar. This is something already that's been set up. Till Mashiach comes, we already have a calendar set up for many years. But back in the day... To determine how many days was in a month, it wasn't automatic, but rather Beit Din would con- convene and decide with multiple steps, as we'll speak out, how many days would be in that month. Now, why is that important? Because we know that the lunar year, the year that is determined, which is the Jewish year, actually the Jewish year is a solar lunar year, it's a combination of the two factors. But we know the months in a Jewish year are determined by the moon. Now, the full cycle of the moon should really be around 29 and a half. It's a little more than that, but 29 and a half days. You can't have a 29 and a half day month. The Gemara Masechet Megillah, Dafhei, tells us we need full days. So either the month has to be 29 days or it has to be 30 days. So essentially, as we'll see, Beit Din was given the power, the authority, to determine is the month going to be 29 days or is it going to be 30 days? And with the combination of 12 months, roughly the year was 354 days. I say roughly because it could be a little more, a little less, and if you added a month, which we're gonna get to in the next section, it could actually be 13 months and that's a different story altogether, which we're actually having this year. But what Beit Din would do is as follows, and this we're going to get into in the Gemara. First step, there was the Chishuv, the Cheshbonot, they would calculate. So the Beit Din would convene and say, based on many factors, which we're not going to get into, very interesting, the Sechet Rosh Hashanah talks about this. They wanted fresh vegetables on Yom Tov. This was a very important thing, and if the month was set up in a certain way, that you'd have an issue with that, which we're not going to get into, or if there was a concern perhaps that dead bodies, someone who would pass away, would have to sit not getting buried for a series of days. This is one factor, there's astronomy factors too. But either way, they would sit down and calculate amongst themselves, should this month be 29 days or 30 days? Now, in addition to that, they would also have to do a process 
based on Re'iyah, which is that witnesses who would see the new moon would travel to the Beit Din and would say, we saw the new moon. And these witnesses would be cross-analyzed. And if they checked out that it was true, so then Beit Din would sanctify based on their testimony as well. Now the reason that both are necessary, there's multiple reasons, but let's just take for granted both factors would be necessary to be to make uh, the Rosh Chodesh determination. Now, you needed the calculation of the court, you needed the witnesses coming in and saying that they saw the new moon, and then they would do Kiddush Chodesh, the sanctification of the new moon. Now let's just get the numbers clear. If Beit Din sanctifies the month, they say Rosh Chodesh is going to be the 30th day from the previous Rosh Chodesh. That means the previous month was 29 days, meaning yesterday was the end of the last month. Today is Rosh Chodesh, it means the beginning of the next month. Previous month is 29 days, which is called Chaser. It's a lacking month. Now, if they sanctified it on the 31st day from the previous month's Rosh Chodesh, that means the previous month was Malay, or Me'ubar we could call it, full. Which means it was 30 days. Beautiful. So Beit Din would make this determination and they would then be Mekadesh Chodesh. Now what our Mishnah said, which we're going to focus in on over here is, it said, at least according to Rabbi Meir, Ibura Chodesh Bishlosha, that the intercalation of the month, the determination, if it's 29 days or 30 days, and Rosh Chodesh is on the 30th day or the 31st day, requires a court of three to declare. Now the simple understanding of that means that you need three judges to sit down and say the previous month had been 30 days. That's what you need. So the question the Gemara is going to ask is as follows. The, the implication of our Mishnah is you only need three judges to sit down and declare that part of this process, that the previous month had been 30 days. But you don't need them to declare... Um, that the chishuv, the calculations done, don't require the three judges to convene in order to calculate that. And also the Mishnah seems to imply, but it's not true, the Mishnah seems to imply to be mekadesh chodesh, to sanctify the new month. You also don't need three judges. Now sanctification would include accepting the witnesses and then determining this is the day that's going to be Rosh Chodesh. So the Gemara's question is going to be as follows. The assumption we're going in with is if witnesses didn't show up, let's say witnesses did not show up on the 30th day, they showed up on the 31st day, or they didn't show up. What Beit Din is going to do on the 31st day is be Mekadesh Chodesh, say today is Rosh Chodesh. So the question the Gemara is going to ask is, if there's going to be a declaration of Rosh Chodesh on day 31, sanctifying that 31st day, so by default, the Ibor Chodesh, the understanding that the previous month had been Malay, had been 30 days, is assumed. Why do you need a, convenient, a, conven, a convening of three judges to say the previous month had been me'ubar, had been full, if by definition when you sanctify the 31st day, that's the understanding, that's the implication. So why do you need that altogether? That's the question the Gemara is going to start off with here. So let's see this inside now. Fourth line on the page, Yudim Bet. The Mishnah had said, Ibra Chodesh Bishlosha, the declaration that the previous month had been 30 days requires a court of three. Asks the Gemara, the Mishnah does not teach that they're convening, they're convening to discuss how many days it should be. The calculations they would make required three judges. 
And the implication also is Kiddush lo katani. It also didn't teach Kiddush in our Mishnah, which means if they sanctify the 30th day, you wouldn't necessarily need three judges to sanctify. That's the implication. Ela ibur. Rather, all it taught was to declare that yesterday, the 30th day, had been part of the previous month. That would require a declaration done by three judges. So the problem the Gemara asks is, but we would assume if Beit Din doesn't sanctify on day 30, they're going to sanctify on day 31. So lo liktisha, the Gemara says is, I don't understand. Let them not sanctify it on day 30. Umemela le'aber. And then, by definition, tomorrow on day 31, when they sanctify that 31st day as Rosh Chodesh, you know the previous month was 30 days. So why do we need this declaration the previous month had been 30 days if you're not sanctifying on day 30? So then you're sanctifying on day 31. And by definition, the previous month is 30 days. So what's the necessity for this convening to declare yesterday was, 30, was a 30-day month, the previous month was 30 days? By definition, when they sanctify it on day 31 they hadn't sanctified on day 30, the previous month is understood to have been 30 days. So Abayi, Abayi is the first explanation of our Mishnah. We'll have four. Abayi says, Tani, Kiddush HaChodesh. Abayi says, instead of teaching in our Mishnah, Ibura HaChodesh, you don't need judges to declare the previous month had been 30 days. That's not necessary because that's assumed automatically based on when they sanctify. Rather, the way you should understand our Mishnah is it's saying, Kedush HaChodesh requires three. The sanctification, and as Rashi explains over here, whether they're sanctifying on day 30, making the previous month chaser 29 days, or sanctifying on day 31, making the previous month uh, 30 days, whether it's Malay or chaser, they're going to sanctify and declare that, that it's sanctified that day of Rosh Chodesh. And that requires three judges in order to analyze the witnesses and sanctify. But to declare the previous month being 30 days, you don't need, that's not the Pshat in the Mishnah because that's obvious. Ta'ani Nami Hachi in the Gemara says there's a Brayta that supports Abaye's understanding. Because the Mishnah says, Kiddush HaChodesh V'ibura Shana, it says sanctifying the month, whether it's day 30 or 31, but then it switches, Ibura Shana, it changes the language, and adding an extra month onto the year, which we'll discuss more later. Bishlosha, that requires three judges. Diver of Imeir, these are the words of Imeir. Imeir was the Tan in our Mishnah. So the Brayta actually changes the word from Ibur to Kiddush, to imply like Abai is learning in the Mishnah, it doesn't mean Ibur in the Mishnah, it means Kiddush. When you sanctify the new day, the new month, the Rosh Chodesh, that requires three judges. And the way Abai is learning is whether you're sanctifying it on day 30 or 31, but to Ibur, that, that's just assumed by definition based on when you sanctified. So therefore we understand the Mishnah according to Abai is you don't need three to declare the last month had been 30 days. You do need three to gather together to say today is Rosh Chodesh, whether that's on day 30 or on day 31. Now, Rava does not appreciate Abai's pshat because he says, if the town of our Mishnah meant to say Kiddush, he would have said Kiddush. Now, you have a Braita that says, Rabbi Meir says Kiddush and not Ibur. Okay, a Braita is negated in face of a Mishnah. So Rava therefore wants to learn. Let's learn the Mishnah at face value as holding something about Ibur. But how do we understand it then? So Amar Rava, Rava says like this, Vaha Ibur Katani, but our Mishnah says Ibur. How are you learning that the Pshat and the Mishnah is when they, they're Mekadish, when they sanctify Rosh Chodesh, you need three judges, but not when they declare the last month. That doesn't really make sense because the Mishnah says Ibur and not Kiddush. So Elam Rava, Rava says a second Pshat. Rava says really it's talking about Kiddush, but it's, it's a specific Kiddush. Again, we have two days that you could declare Rosh Chodesh, either the 30th day or the 31st day, making the previous month 29 days or 30 days. So Rava says like this, Kiddush 
Beyom ibur bishloshad. Well, you have to, have to add in a bit of words. You can add in some words. To change the words is difficult, but to add in some words, says Rabbi, that's acceptable. What the Mishnah means to say is like this. If you're sanctifying on the 30th day, Yom Ibor is the 30th day, that's the extra day that would make it from 29 to 30. So if you sanctify Rosh Chodesh, if the Beit Din sanctifies it on the Yom Ibor, on the 30th day, making the previous month chaser 29 days, Bishlosha, that would require three judges. That's what it means. Meaning when the court, when they, if they would want to declare Rosh Chodesh, on the 30th day, making this Rosh Chodesh in the previous month 29 days, that would require three judges. And that's what it means. Ibor, it said Ibor in the Mishnah, but it means Kiddush on the Yom Ibor, on the 30th day. The Ibor itself, you don't need it. That's by definition implied, as we'll see. But the Kiddush, if you're sanctifying it on the 30th day, that requires three judges. Achar Ibor, but Rava holds, if it was to be declared after the 30th day, means you're sanctifying Rosh Chodesh on the 31st day, making the previous month Malay, Leka Kiddush, then they don't have to declare uh, Kiddush. By definition, it's sanctified. They don't have to convene and make a Beit Din to sanctify because automatically it's sanctified. And this actually introduces us now to a machloket that's brought in Masechet Rosh Hashanah. Umani, who is this author? Rabbi Lazar ben Tzadok, it's Rabbi Lazar bar Tzadok. What does Rabbi Lazar bar Rabbi Tzadok hold? Matani Lazar bar Tzadok Omer, Im lo bismano, if they did not see the new moon in its time, and its time is on the 30th day, so then they would not sanctify it the next day because by definition it's sanctified. Ein mekadshin they do not have to sanctify the month on the 31st day. Shekfar kitshuhu bashamayim, because in heaven it was already sanctified. So Rebbe Lezeb holds that the Beit Din only had to do this process of Kedush HaChodesh, declaring that today is Rosh Chodesh in a uh, de- declarative sort of way on the 30th day. If that's when the moon was sighted and they declared on the 30th day, then you would do this process and do Kedush, Kedush, uh, Kodesh, Kodesh, um, uh, like the process brought in Masechet Rosh Hashanah of sanctifying the new moon. But, uh, Mekudosh, Mekudosh, excuse me. But if not, meaning if it wasn't seen on the 30th day, and then it's going to have to be a full month followed by Rosh Chodesh, 30 days followed by the next day being Rosh Chodesh, Beit Din didn't even have to convene to sanctify. It's already sanctified by heaven. By definition, it's sanctified. They wouldn't have to convene. So it says, Rabbi, that's a shot in the Mishnah. Mishnah is saying that if you're sanctifying it on the Yom Ibor, that's the emphasis, on the 30th day, then the courts would convene and say Mikudash, Mikudash, and sanctify it. But if the court, but if it wasn't sanctified on the 30th day because the moon was not yet sighted, so then they would automatically, it would automatically be sanctified. The court wouldn't have to go through the procedure of Kedush HaChodesh. That's a pshat in the Mishnah. It follows the position of Rilaz Rabbi Tzadok. So Rav is arguing on Abayi, actually. Abayi, again, holds whether it's the 30th day or the 31st day, you would have to sanctify. And he learns that's a shot in the Mishnah, which is, even though it says Ibur, it really means Kiddush. Rava says, no, what it means is Kiddush on Yom Ibur would require sanctification. On the 31st day, would not require sanctification. Now we have a third shot. Rav Nachman, um, Rav Nachman says the opposite of Rava. Rav Nachman, um, Kiddush Achar Ibur Bishlosha. The way you read shot in the Mishnah is like this. When it says Ibor in the Mishnah, it means if you sanctify after the Yom Ibor, after the 30th day, you require three to declare Kiddush HaChodesh. But the Yom Ibor, like a Kiddush, if it's on the 30th day itself that you're that's making it into Rosh Chodesh, it doesn't require a declaration of sanctification by the court. So the Pshat in the Mishnah is after the Ibor, means on the 31st day, would require a court of three to declare it sanctified. On the 30th day itself, would not. Umani, and who is the author, the Tana, that supports this? Plimo, it's the position of Plimo. 
Titania as Plimo says, Plimo Omer, if it's the 30th day, so then the courts would not have to sanctify it. If it's not the 30th day, then they would sanctify it. Rashi quotes over here from Masechet Rosh Hashanah. What's the logic in this? Because everybody would understand naturally if it's the 30th day, that's the normal day for Rosh Chodesh, everybody would take it seriously. But maybe if it's on the 31st day, which is not the regular, People might say, you know, it's not really Rosh Chodesh. So to make a chizuk, to strengthen it, they said if it's the 31st day, Beidin should make a declaration so everyone understands this is taka, this is actually Rosh Chodesh. This is not some sort of a aberration, but this is really Rosh Chodesh. That is the third answer in accordance with Plimo to support to explain our Mishnah. Now, Ravashi, Ravashi is the fourth explanation. And he says, katani. So Ravashi holds like this. Whether the moon is sighted on the 30th day or the 31st day, if the Beit Din was declaring it Rosh Chodesh, they did not have to declare it on the 30th day or the 31st. You'll see a drasha supports this. It was automatic, <coughs> automatically sanctified. By definition, you didn't actually have to declare it altogether. So what does the Mishnah mean when it says you need a court of three to declare? What is it referring to? It's not referring to Kiddush, and it's not referring to Ibur either. Our Mishnah Ibur means when they would gather to discuss the factors that would go into making a 29 or 30 day month, that would require three judges. Umay Ibur, how does it fit into the word Ibur? The Gemara answers, Chishuv the Ibor. Says Ravashi, it means the calculation of Ibor that requires three judges, according to Meir and our Mishnah. But the Ibor itself, to say the last month happened 30 days, does not require three judges. Since in the next case we wrote the Ibor of the Shana, the extra month, adding an extra month into the year, we use the word Ibor, Ibor Chodesh. We also used in the previous case Ibor Chodesh. But really what it means to say is the calculation of Ibor Chodesh. That's really what it means to just use the same terminology to keep it consistent. So the Gemara says Ibor Chodesh in. What comes out is, according to Ravashi, it requires a calculation for uh, sorry, Chishuv Chodesh in the calculation of the month would require three judges to get together and and discuss it. But Kiddush Chodesh Lo, as I said, according to Ravashi, the sanctification itself, declaring Rosh Chodesh, does not need to be done by three judges. You don't need that declaration at all. So Mani, who does Ravashi follow? Say the Mishnah would follow Rabbi Yezer. It's a position of Rabbi Yezer. Yezer Omer Ben Bismano Ben Shlo Bismano. Whether it's Rosh Chodesh on the thirtieth day or the thirty-first day, Ein Mekachinoto, they would not have to sanctify. You don't need a declaration of the court to sanctify it. It's automatic. How do we know this? Because it says uh, in Parashat Bahar, I believe, Shneimar. It says regarding the mitzvah of Yovel. It says when it comes to the fiftieth year, we know that the courts would declare the fiftieth year of the cycle to be Yovel, and there were certain halachot that were significant on Yovel. You can't work the ground, fields would return to their original owners, etc. But the verse specifically says, You shall declare the fiftieth year sanctified. And the extra word shana teaches us what's the emphasis, the 50th year. What is this extra emphasis, the 50th year you shall sanctify? Shanim atamekadesh, it means, it's brought in Rosh Hashanah as well, that you have to sanctify the 50th year, but that's an exclusion to say, you do not need to sanctify months, which means every month when you have Rosh Chodesh, according to this fourth answer, which is a position of the Yezer, you don't have to sanctify it in court. It's automatically sanctified. There's no necessity to sanctify Rosh Chodesh. So therefore, when the Mishnah says you have to 
gather as three and make some sort of a determination with three, it's referring to the calculation of Ibor Shechodesh, but the sanctification itself does not require three judges. So we have four ways to understand Ibor Chodesh, that was all within the position of Remeyer. Again, either it means the sanctification of whether it's 30th or 31st, that was Abaye, or we had Ravo said it means if it's sanctified on the 30th day it requires three, the next day would not require three. So it means the Kiddush of the day of the Ibor would require three, not after that. And we had the third opinion, which was... The third opinion, which was... Um, Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman said... Right, Rav Nachman said the opposite of Rava, which was, if you're sanctifying it the day after the Ibor, means the 31st day requires three, not the 30th day. And the last opinion is Ravashi, he says it means Chishub, the calculation of the Ibor requires three, but the sanctification itself does not require three judges as it's automatically sanctified. Moving on to the second section now. Hmm. We taught in the Mishnah that Rav Shemim Gamil argues and says when it comes to Ibor Shana, which is intercalating the year. You need to start off with three, discuss it with five, and then conclude it with seven. So it means our mayor said, Ibor Chodesh or Ibor Shana requires three. Intercalating the month or the year requires three judges. And Rosh Gamil says, Ibor Shana, adding an extra Adar, like we have this year actually, requires three to start off, five to discuss, and seven to conclude. Now we're going to discuss this position of Rav Shemim Gamil. The Brayta will explain to us what he means exactly. Rav Shemim Gamil Omer, He said, you start off with three, discuss it with five, and then finish with seven. Tanya. So the Brayta explains like this. Ketzad. How is the process of adding an extra month onto the year done? Now there were many reasons why the Beitin would add on an extra month. So this Brayta will follow the position of Rav Shemim Gamil. Amr Rav Shemim Gamil. They would start with three. They would discuss it with five judges. And then they would finish off declaring the new, that this year is going to have an Adar Bet, a second Adar, if, with seven judges. So the Gemara explains, what, what does that mean? One person would say, if one person would say, that we should convene a court, I mean, one of the, if one judge would say, we should convene a court to potentially make an extra Adar. And two others say, not necessary, we don't need to make an extra Adar. So, so what happened now is, that would be the conclusion of it. The one would be nullified against the two, and therefore, it wouldn't be an extra Adar that year. However, if two judges said, we should convene a discussion in order to determine if we need another bet. And only one stands out of the three and says we shouldn't. It's not necessary. So then this was considered We'd add on another two to the existing three. And they would discuss the matter. It means they would discuss, should we add an extra month, an extra Adar onto this year? So then after these five are discussing, two of them say we should add an extra month and three say we don't have to add an extra month. So again, that would be the end of it. The two would be negated to the three, and therefore there wouldn't be an extra month added onto that year, and that's the conclusion of the discussion. But three say that we should add an extra adar bed, and two only say we should not. 
So then we can continue on. We add on to the, the existing five, another two judges, which is now a total of seven. And then the, new, the newly the existing group would declare, if the majority say that they should add an extra month, that there is going to be Adar Bet this year, an extra Adar. And why is it? Why does that need to be seven in conclusion? Because in order to determine this extra adar, the, the added, intercalating the year, added the, adding the extra month to the year, there has to be a total of seven in conclusion in order to effectively make that adar bet. That's the point. Now the Gemara goes on to tell us what is the symbolism of these numbers. Means the Gemara understands it must be that these are not arbitrary numbers, but there's some significance of these numbers. So the Gemara says, What do these numbers 3, 5, and 7 correspond to? Again, according to Rishim Gamliel, you start off with 3. If this goes to the next stage, you'll add another 2. And if it goes to the conclusive stage, you'll add 7. But add another 2, which is 7. What is the significance of 3, 5, and 7? And the Gemara says, So, Rabbi Yitzhak Bar Nachmeni and another person argued about this. Umana, who was the other person? Rishim Ben Pazi. was Rishim Ben Pazi. Another say Rishim Ben Pazi, another say Rishim Ben Pazi, and another person argued about this. Umana, Rabbi Yitzhak Bar Nachmeni, and that was Rabbi Yitzhak Bar Nachmeni. So, there's a machloket about this. What is the symbolism or significance of three judges, five judges, and seven judges? So, Chad Amar once said, Keneged Berkat Kohanim. That these numbers correspond to Birkat Kohanim. This is a very interesting symbolism. In Birkat Kohanim, we have three sections, right? Yivarech Hashem v'Yishmarecha, Yair Hashem Panavi Yair Hashem Panavi Elecha v'Chuneka, Yisah Hashem Panavi Elecha v'Yaseim Lecha Shalom. So we have the first, third, second, and third section. The first section has three words. The second section has five words. And the third section has seven words. The point is that we find this idea that it's 357, so there is such a symbolism. Now, what is the connection between Birkat Kohanim and sanctifying the new month? Something to think about. But the first of the opinions says the 3, 5, and 7 judges required for sanctifying the uh, extra month in the year, for dedicating the Ibor Shana to add the extra Adar, that is based on the precedent of Birkat Kohanim. Chadam, and the other one says, this is very interesting, this ties into Mesechet Megillah, coming up to Purim now. The other Shita says, Shlosha, when it says three, Keneged Shomrei Asaf. Now we'll learn like Rashi here. It corresponds to the gatekeepers of the king. Or, as Rashi says, there's three gatekeepers that are found when it comes to kings, as listed in Tzidkiyah, regarding Tzidkiyahu, it's a Jewish king actually. Chamisha, five of them, Meroi Pnei Melech. Five were the officers that were intimately connected to the king who could go into the king regularly whenever they wanted, which is a reference to uh, Achashverosh, actually. Rashi learns. One second. Oh, sorry. That's back by Nebuzaradan. Sorry, Melachim Bet. So there's five which refer to the intimately connected officers who used to be able to go into the king whenever they wanted. And Shiva, the seven, were Roy Pneamelech, were the general officers who could sometimes go into the king. Rashi says that actually is referenced in Megillat Esther by Achashverosh. Now we know that there were these seven officers that were not intimately connected, that they can go into the king whenever they wanted, but they were able to go in sometimes, infrequently. So the Symbolism is based on the officers of kings. 
three, five, and seven. Three gatekeepers, five officers who could go into the king whenever they wanted. Roy Pneamel, they could see the face of the king. And the seven is the general officers who sometimes could go in to see the king when uh, infrequently. That's how Rashi learns. Now, Rashi explains what is the connection between these officers and uh, adding an extra month onto the year. So he says the ref- the the earthly domain is reflective, or the malchut and this earth is reflective of malchut shamayim. And these officers, they served the king in, on this earth, which is the Jewish king, the non-Jewish kings. And based on that, Rashi says is, since we know that the idea of adding an extra month is to benefit, Rashi learns, very interesting, is tachsise shamayim. It's the uh, strategies of malchut shamayim, of akadosh baruch Hu, because adding an extra month will keep seasons in line, meaning is that Pesach won't eventually end up falling out of season, not in Chodesh Aviv. That's why they would add an extra month to keep the lunar and solar years in, in uh, together in, in, as they should be. So therefore, there's a good reference in how they used to run uh, the, the kingdoms below with their officers reflection of the adding the extra month, which is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu ultimately wants in terms of keeping the seasons and the Yemim Tovim in line. That's how Rashi explains over here. Tani Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef continues and says there's actually a Brayta that supports the second opinion. What is the three, five, and seven of the judges required to add an extra month onto the year? So three corresponds to the gatekeepers of the king. Five correspond to the officers who could go into the king when they wanted. And the seven is they were the ones who would go in infrequently, less frequently, but also were officers of the king. Abai turned to Rav Yosef and he said, What a beautiful shot, Rav Yosef, you're bringing from this bright But Why didn't you explain this to us before? You should have told us this symbolism of the officers corresponding to the numbers as we find by sanctify, by adding an extra month to the year. So Rav Yosef back to Abai, he said back to them, I didn't know that you needed it. I didn't know that you wanted to know this. Did you ask me something and I didn't tell you? Because if you would have asked me, I'd be happy to explain this pshat to you. I didn't know you were lacking this pshat, and that's why I hadn't explained it to you. We're going to stop here. Bottom of Yudam would bet. Bezat Hashem will pick up tomorrow. The two dots, the bottom of Yudam would bet with Yud Aleph, Amud Aleph. And in the meantime, everybody have a wonderful day.